Hello Creative Pack fans, it's Scott here. This is the 20th, day 20 of Creative Pack, that's pretty cool. Um, today I'm going to mainly talk about risk strategy, which is something I love doing, but first of all, I'm going to mention if you haven't seen The Kitten Invasion in the middle of the filming of the audio podcast, you should check that out. I will include it in the show notes. That was just an amusing thing that happened and I thought you might appreciate trying to do a podcast when two kittens attack the room, is kind of fun. Anyway, uh, today I thought I would talk about risk strategy. Um, I really enjoy playing Risk. If you haven't played Risk, you should try it out. Um, a lot of people have this idea it's a really stuffy game, but it's actually a whole load of fun. Though you do need a... It does take a couple of goes maybe to get into it. Um, one thing I'm going to say is there's, there's a whole variety of ways of playing Risk. Now, um, the strategy I'm going to discuss is kind of focused towards the ways that I play, so I'll maybe just kind of give you the house rules that I use. Um, the house rules that we use is that people can assign their own country, so you take it in turns placing countries down. Um, placing pieces down on countries that you want to have. Um, I find that that really encourages the strategic element of the game immediately. It's not so much of a, a random feel to it. Also, it makes it easier for people to kind of develop strategies deliberately that they that they want to do. Um, rather than the... I find I find rather, if you're playing with people and they haven't played a lot, if you randomize it, if everybody has random places, then it can be very difficult for people to know what the best thing to do from where they are is sort of thing, so... I think that's kind of cool. Um, if I play mission risk, if we're playing mission based, then we give people their missions, and then we hand out. Then we actually do a random placement based on that one. But if we're doing world domination, we allow people to choose where they want to put stuff. That's cool. Um, the big variation that I do prefer to play as well is I like to play fixed value cards. So you get certain number of armies for certain card combinations, rather than the kind of constant accumulative values of cards which um, the original rules suggest. The reason for that is because with the accumulative values cards, it um, the whole game is basically about caching and collecting cards. So, um, yeah, um, I'll make comments on make comments on that as well. Actually, let's start there. So if you're playing accumulative value cards, all you really need to do is survive. That's really the, on the only thing you're going to have to do. The reason for that is because the continent bonuses and the... Prop and the and the ownership bonuses, territory bonuses become pointless as as the game goes along. So if you're if people are cashing in sets of cards for fifty or sixty armies, it doesn't matter if you even own a big continent like North America. If somebody cashes sixty cards, puts them on your border, and you're putting in five five ago, then you're obviously being annihilated. So it's you know it's about cashing cards, and as a consequence, in that version, I actually pr propose a lot of people to a lot of people to consider playing a territories plus kind of strategy. So just go, just try and get, try and get territory. So you maybe score four or five, constantly collecting cards, and then go, 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 people killing. So have a task force ready to go and kill, ready to go kill somebody, seize their cards as well. In many times, when I play territory based, um, if I'm playing a territory based strategy, I quite often find that I will go, I can go from zero to annihilation to, well, zero to annihilation if it goes wrong, or zero to the vict to a complete victory if it goes right. Uh, the reason for that being that. You know, if you manage your manage your strategy right, you can cash to kill somebody, cash their card, cash their cards again, kill somebody, and kind of keep on going and going like that. Um, that that's a really kind of fun strategy to play, actually, because it can go from a it looks like you've lost to you've won in, in a go, which is kind of fun. Um, if you're playing a, I'm gonna if you're playing world domination uh, with fixed with you know fixed value cards, so then obviously the continent bonuses become very important very quickly. Um, I recommend to most people that the easiest continent to hold in my the easiest continent to hold is obviously Australia. However, I argue that Australia is fairly useless. Um, you gain two armies, which very quickly other people will eclipse. You have a tendency to be bogged down in Australia. There isn't really an expansion opportunity from Australia. Um, 
obviously you could you know you can prevent asia being held because you can pile a huge army in siam and just leave it there which prevents anybody from claiming the asia bonus but really nobody's going to claim an asia bonus for the first couple of goes anyway and when you consider expansion from there it it's very it, it's very awkward i i always think um the one time that Asia is useful for maybe a, um, a a card accumulative option is that you can basically take Asia, continuously pile armies into Siam, then cash in, you know, maybe kind of skirmish over India and China to just kind of do keep card collecting, then cash in for a big big number of armies, pile pile them on Siam, and then go finish your mission. If you can do that in one go, you know, if a, if your mission is kill somebody or take so many armies, you can generally make a mess, make enough of a mess to take a whole lot of armies. So that is the one cool feature is of you know, of, of Australia is that you do have that access. And obviously from Siam, India, into the Middle East, then you've got Europe and Africa available to yourself. So you can definitely be in a position to kind of make people nervous about what you're doing. Um, when we talk, when, when we mention that we come across the Middle East, which strategically I consider to be one of the most, one of the most important uh, countries on the board, actually. Um, I... I quite often, no matter what strategy I am playing, I will, if it's practical, I will attempt to hold the Middle East for as long as possible in the game. And the reason for that is purely because if you have the, if you have the Middle East, you just have two, two armies, three armies on there, and people, people just leave it be. If you, you can, if you want to, take a reinforcements in one turn, perhaps place them on the Middle East, and suddenly you'll have a task force of maybe eight or nine armies. And those eight or nine armies can be used to put a hole in Africa, if somebody's holding Africa, an incursion perhaps into Europe as well, or even some kind of, you know, taking some, you know, control of the southern part of Asia can be useful as well. If you are playing a strategy of trying to kill some, like, you know, if you're just trying to kill some, you may be able to get their, get their risk cards, or that's your mission, then also the Middle East is a great vantage point to go and pick people off if they're kind of, if they've got one or two armies sitting around the board against you so if you're in a situation where you were attempting to annihilate their yellow who had taken control of north america and you maybe had a europe you maybe had you know venezuela as a as the task force starting point then if you have middle east and they have a couple of little bits in asia you'd be able to go from the middle east to clear up those asian pockets as well which is quite an interest which is quite a nice strategy um for first-time players who who are looking for continents i always suggest to them to recommend looking at south america South America, um, you get you get a, a, a two army bonus, which is in the first couple of goes will allow you to out accelerate most people, because um, while Australia will be able to match you in terms of armies on the board, their armies are just use, are nowhere near anywhere. Whereas in South America, you can start to kind of devise a plan to go into North America or across to Africa. Um, I tend to suggest for that for for beginners. Um, if you can take South South America in your first two goes and hold it, then the immediate the the most obvious expansion is to take a truce with North America and move across into North Africa. The reason for that is you can generally holding North Africa is a lot easier than holding North America, especially in the early stages of the game, purely because of the number of armies you need to hold the countries. So if you have to, you know, leaving an army in every country as you're going, you end up with a significant kind of significant, you know, kind of lack of arm, you know. You can just run out of literal armies, and you need more more armies in there. A uh, great thing about North Africa, obviously, is that you get a bonus for it. Um, it has three borders. It has three continental borders, but in actual fact, you can... Re- well, you know, it, it has three borders, but it's 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 an easy set of borders to really defend, especially if you're still holding the Middle East, as I suggested. Um, and that's where the strategy can really come into play, because essentially... Um, what I consider to be the the strongest beginner strategy is something that sees South Africa, South America in the initial goes, defending South America from Central America, preventing somebody taking from taking the North America bone, 
bonus. Then an expansion from Brazil across to North Africa. What I would generally do is go Brazil, North Africa, reinforce North Africa hard. Then from North Africa, in the, the move would be to go Congo, South Africa, Madagascar, East Africa, Egypt. The great thing about that is as long as you, as long as you make the right decision when you get to Congo, in terms of progression or not progression, you'll be fine. Uh, what do I mean by that? Well, if you get to Congo and you take it and you've got a lot of armies still, then go go for it. Do the sweep. South Africa, Madagascar, East Africa. From East Africa, you can then reinforce all the way back into North Africa if you want to. If you don't think you can hold it, just reinforce it in North Africa and safeguard South America. Um, if you can, then obviously take Egypt. And you can naturally kind of balance them out there. The great thing about the the great thing about Africa as well is it's easy to defend because of the fact that you can actually move border armies between each other. So if somebody is pounded, if somebody say somebody in Western Europe is pounding North Africa, when it gets to your go, you can maybe retask these an East African defensive army across into North Africa to provide additional reinforcements there if you want to as well. Obviously, if you're holding the Middle East already, then Middle East is obviously an incredible strategic asset and the great thing is you can instead of defending east africa you can defend the middle east and use that to prevent somebody taking the asia border the asian you know kind of bonus as well so if you consider the consider that strategy if you play it if it if it works all the way through and you you get as you want you want essentially the position you end up in is that you're collecting five armies that go for continent bonuses while preventing anybody from taking the continent bonus of asia or north america now, I find that you can generally get to that sort of position in about eight goes. Um, seven or eight goes is a, you know, I mean, it, it, you can get there in seven or eight goes. If you're not getting there in seven or eight goes, you probably need to re-strategize what you're going to do. Um, and if you can get there and that kind of thing, that really allows you to dictate the flow of the game. Um, at that point there, if people are going to start cashing cards and the card values are going to, if they're accumulating, are going to go up high. And at that point, the continent ownership kind of ceases to be, ceases to be so much of an issue if you're on fixed card values then what you have is a very strong foundational base because under a fixed value card value system the most cards you're going to see down on the board are 10 potentially 16 of people holding the territories as the cash so even that way though the the greatest task force you're ever going to see appear on your board is going to be 12 which is much more manageable to defend against especially if you're placing five armies every go for defensive tasks plus what would be another one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, so you'd be placing another three on top of that, um, which which is a kind of interesting, kind of interesting strategy. If you're playing world domination from that point there, it's sometimes interesting as to where to go. Um, I, I, I never quite, I can never quite decide which, which strategy from that point on I play. Um, recently, I've actually been playing a fairly crazy strategy of Asia Next, which. Um, I wouldn't really recommend, but it certainly makes life a lot more exciting because um, you really have to kind of gamble as to whether you'll make Asia. Um, you can only really go Asia first if Australia is is defeatable. So in actual fact, yeah. In actual fact, to re-clarify, I consider Asia first because I don't really consider Australia a prize worth particularly fighting for. It's more of an issue you have to make sure you're under control with. But quite often, if, if the... Australia isn't held by one player, incredibly rare, or you think you can box a couple of play, you know, there's two weak players fighting over Asia, fighting over Australia even, then you can kind of come up into the southern end of Asia, take control of Asia, and then finish off Australia from Siam in one go, in a later go sort of thing. That can be quite cool. Um, strategically, other countries that are that are interesting though, is obviously if you consider we have a three army border right now on North and on Africa has a three army three territory border one thing you can do is if you take europe you can convert the borders that you're defending to be the middle east ukraine and iceland and pick up an additional five armies every go so 
that's quite often why I think Europe is the obvious choice to make. Because you can kind of see it. You already have your defensive force in North Africa, Egypt, and the Middle East. Um, those defensive forces can quite easily be retooled as offensive forces, especially if you're playing, especially if nobody's holding Europe. So from that strategy, you could see North Africa uh, excursion to Western Europe. From Egypt, you could go to Southern Europe. If nobody's holding Europe, then you're not necessarily taking territory. You're not. You're not. You know, people may not view that as such an aggressive move. So you can actually expand your two borders out north of Africa. You know, Northern Africa becomes Western Europe, Egypt becomes Southern Europe, and you hold the Middle East still. That's why the Middle East is so important to hold in this scenario. Um, and you can expand there and sit there, rob somebody of the European borders. You'll actually then be picking up four armies for territory ownership as well against these elements. It's kind of cool. And then from there, it's obviously quite easy. Um, well, quite easy is a relevant statement, obviously. But the Southern Europe, the Egyptian task force, which was in Southern Europe, can go Western Europe into the Ukraine. Then the Northern African unit can go Great Britain, Scandinavia, Europe to Iceland like that and the reason i suggest that strategy is because generally no, I, I find a lot of players are attracted to taking north america that's the continent everybody wants and inevitably i find that north america tends to be a fairly vicious internal battleground until somebody takes ownership of it and if nobody's taking ownership of it then it's more important to defend the ukrainian border than it is to defend the icelandic border is hard reason for that is from the ukrainian border it's obviously ukraine southern europe into the top end of africa um, from the Icelandic border, it would be Greenland, Iceland, Great Britain, Western Europe, and Northern Africa. So it's an extra step. So in terms of safeguarding your power base of Africa and South America, you can do that. That That's a nice kind of... That's the reason for that sort of strategy being in place there. Um, if we consider where we'd be at that go there, we would have Central America, Iceland, Ukraine, and Egypt. Um, sorry, Venezuela, Iceland, Ukraine, and the Middle East would be our strategic would be our borders that we have to protect. So we'd now have four borders. We'd be putting 15 territory... No, we'd be putting 10 territorial... Uh, 10 continent armies on the board and then four, possi four, po four possibly five uh, continent uh, territory ownership armies on the board as well. It gives us uh, 15 armies with only actually four territories to defend with our 15 armies which is obviously a nice position to be at at that point now we could cash cards and consider the next expansion um at this point here really i i often find that the next expansion is to the win and that's all there is to it um reason for that being well you've got a you're going to have your strong um central america army which has probably been building the whole time you can use that to sweep up into the top um you you could cash cards use that you cash cards use that to sweep um all the way through north all the way through North America. The movement for that is kind of interesting. It starts in Iceland, bizarrely, but use the Icelandic force that you have there. Just use it to attack Greenland. Um, if you take Greenland, all's good. Um, if you manage to take Greenland, then go for Quebec. Um, if you take Quebec, then you can actually go for Ontario again, if you want to. That's normally my strategy. And if, for some reason, you manage to get all of them, you can go Ontario to the Northwest Territories as well, which is cool. Um, from there... You can then use the Central American Army, Eastern United States, Western United States, Alberta, Alaska. Um, and I think that's conceivable. If you're cashing in cards, you're perhaps you'd maybe be able to put 25 cards down. Um, yeah, you know, you, you cash a set of cards, you put your entire territorial bonus into Central America, and then you sweep North America. You'll be putting maybe 25, 30, uh, 25 armies down on the board. At that point there, um, you can hold Alaska. And you'll probably be left with maybe one or two. You'll probably have two players left on the board, um, of which one of them may own Asia. Uh, one of them may own Australia, uh, which obviously is an insignificant 
insignificant at this point here. Here we've now you've now consolidated your borders to become the Ukraine, Middle East, and Alaska, or Kamakachka if you want to come across um, immediately. Um, and from there, it's just a matter of taking Asia and Australia, and that would give you your world domination. That gives you a world domination as as a kind of standard strategy. Um, so that's 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 what I would suggest to people as the beginner strategy. Um, the reason for that is it's the safest strategy, it's the most systematic strategy, and you can kind of go play by play, and it it kind of illustrates the importance of kind of you know continent continent management and such. Um, the only problem with it is it's the most obvious strategy. So you'll find that if you try and play that strategy straight out, then people will see it straight away and start to become problematic and people will see their way for it. So I'm not going to make any comment about how not to do that, but there you go. That's just a little thing. So uh, this was a quick uh, strategy discussion for Risk. If you ever want to play Risk, please let me know. I'm, I really love playing Risk. I'd be more than happy to play, have a, have a game. I'm happy to play online as well or over um, like old style postal even, as they say. So, yeah, let me know. That'd be awesome stuff. Cool. So, this is creative pack number 20. I hope you've enjoyed it. Goodbye.